Hello, listener. Thank you for joining me here on episode number five of the MMA MMA show, Matt's Middle Aged Mixed Martial Arts Show. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Gonna spend the next, I don't know. I really have no timetable on this. It could go 45 minutes. It could go an hour. We'll just see when when the rambling ends. Uh, per usual, I am not recording this at optimum conditions. I am in my bedroom while my two kids are eating breakfast. They're having some uh, Entenmann's raspberry danish, a little bacon, and some cereal. Not the healthiest breakfast, but uh, neither one's feeling that great. My daughter was up last night with a cough. Uh, she slept in, so now my day's a little mixed up and I'm running behind. So I'm going to try and record this while they eat. Could get it interrupted at any minute. Dad, I need some more milk. Dad, the Wi-Fi's not working. Dad, you never know. You never know what it's going to be, but that's part of the fun of this show. Could be recorded in a car. Could be recorded at Cumberland Farms. Who knows? It's part of the experience, as they say in the podcasting business. Either way, let's get to it here. This past weekend, there were actually three major shows. I think there might have even been an Invicta, uh, Cage Warriors. There's a lot going on this past weekend. Uh, in the end, um, nothing too um, newsworthy happened, but we'll, we'll run through these uh, bigger shows Real quick here. So on Sunday night, uh, the first full card for UFC on ESPN went down in Phoenix, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort Arena. Attendance was 14269 with a total gate of $1.4 million. In the main event, Francis Ngannou defeated Cain Velasquez by TKO at 26 seconds of the first round. Um... This is Kane's first fight back in two years. He's 36 now. I personally think he's the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. I think prime Kane beats prime anyone at heavyweight, uh, including Fedor, Stipe, whoever you put in there. I I, I think he might beat Cormier as well. Um, Unfortunately, he's been injured a lot over the years. He's only fought, let's see, I want to say like three times in the last six years. Let's look like to be accurate here uh yeah since 2013 he's fought three times and two of them have been losses he's 36 now um this was a weird loss and gone was claiming he hit him with like uh like a short right like a sort of uppercut when they clinched in close against the cage uh kane's claiming his knee buckled and he went out uh, fell down and really just couldn't recover. His knee was killing him. He was yelling and he was taking shots on the ground and the ref stopped it. I don't think the ref stopped it too early. Kane was clearly in bad shape. The question is, did he get rocked by that shot or did his knee buckle? Did both happen simultaneously? It was hard to tell. Um, he went down awkwardly. It did look like something happened with his knee. Um, 
but could have been he was rocked by a shot from Nganu. Sure, Nganu hits really, really hard. Um, Dana White uses the line. It's like the same impact as getting hit by a Ford Escort, which Kane noted is a shitty car. So uh, in the end, the shitty car hitting you in the face and your knee buckling, it was enough to end it here. Um, I felt kind of bad for Kane. I like Kane. I think he's really good, and when he's healthy 100%, he's pretty much unbeatable, and just all that hard training at AKA might have taken its toll. Like, he was known for his cardio and his insane work ethic, but your body can only take so much for so many years, and you can only train that way for so long um, before your body breaks down, and it's like you're blowing your knee out in the middle of a fight, um, and you're 36, and you've had a ton of injuries. I don't know. Maybe it was a fluke injury and he can come back, but I I don't feel good about Kane's future in MMA after that fight. Um, He seems a little fragile and he's only getting older and um, this stuff's going to happen more frequently. There's been talk about him going to the WWE, getting into some pro wrestling. Uh, I don't think that really makes sense either because that also takes its toll on your body almost as much as MMA does. Um, he needs to find uh, some work that isn't quite so physical, I think. Uh, was a good win for Nganu, I guess. If um, yeah, I mean, he beat a top guy in Kane, even though Kane hasn't fought in two years. Um, but he's back on the winning track, and he's probably one fight away from a title shot. Um, there were talks about him maybe fighting Cormier. We don't really still know what's next for Cormier, if he's going to fight Jones at light heavyweight, if Jones will move up to heavyweight, what's going on with Brock. But um, Ngannou's in the mix again, Um, and that's what happens at heavyweight. I mean, Stipe probably deserves the shot more than Ngannou, but um, he's no more than one win away. He's won two straight. He's got the Blades TKO and now this Kane TKO, so... um, He's right back in there for a heavyweight title shot. In the semi-main event, Paul Felder defeated James Vick by unanimous decision, 29-28, Felder, just a better striker, hit a lot of leg kicks on Vick. Um, Vick seemed real tentative after the first round, wasn't throwing much. Um, Good fight. I, I guess at the end of the fight, Felder got... Like I think it, he took a body kick from Vic and it punctured his lung and he still finished the fight, had a broken rib, punctured lung, partially collapsed, uh, finished the fight. The guy is, in every sense of the word, an animal. Um, just a very tough dude. Um, beat a top 10 lightweight and hopefully hopefully cracks the top 15 and becomes a ranked lightweight. Um, he, he, he's a fun fighter to watch. At women's starweight, Cynthia Calvillo defeated Courtney Casey, unanimous decision. Uh, after the fight, Calvillo challenged Tatiana Suarez, which is a weird person to call out because Suarez is um, a great wrestler and is basically the Khabib of the women's 115-pound fighters. Um, I've never heard anyone in MMA call her out. It makes you wonder if um, Calvillo was... Uh, you know, smoking the ganja there again. Hopefully she doesn't get suspended for uh, being high in competition. 
we also had Crone Gracie making his UFC UFC debut. I believe this was the 5,000th fight in UFC history if everything played out the way it was supposed to. Uh, Crone defeated Alex Caceres by rear naked choke at 206 of the first. This was exactly what you would expect. Um, his strike, Gracie's striking did not look good. Um, Caceres, uh, it was a quick fight, obviously, but Caceres let him get too close. Crone took his back standing and went to the ground, and Crone got in a rear naked choke, like, so easily. It was, it was an impressive win, because Caceres isn't the best fighter in the world by any stretch, but... Um, he's been in the UFC for years. He has a lot of wins under his belt. So Crone walking through him like that was, it was impressive. Um, obviously the question is going to be, how's Crone going to do at featherweight against guys that maybe he can't take, get down or get in too close. Um, that's obviously going to be the question to see how he develops. Uh, but a very, very good debut. He couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, in a great fight, Vicente Luque defeated Brian Barberina by TKO at 4.54 of the third, so with just six six seconds left. Um, Barberina's tough, man. Um, he says he gets under underestimated because he has a dad bod, um, and I, I don't know if that's the issue, but he is tough. He took a lot of shots here and looked good and was competitive and got some takedowns. Um, the fight went standing. It went to the ground, standing again. There were reversals on the ground. This was a great, great fight. If you did not see it, I would recommend going out of your way to see it um, out of any fight on this card. Uh, Luque ended up getting the win with some um, ground and pound at the very end of the third. Uh, spoiler alert. In the opener on the main card on ESPN, Andre Touchy Feely defeated Miles Jury. Um, on the prelims, Aljamain Sterling defeated Jimmy Rivera. A very good win for Sterling. He won a unanimous decision 30 27 on all three cards. You know, that, that probably moves him up into top five, top five ranking in Bantamweight. Jimmy Rivera's a great fighter, so um, Sterling's looked good over his last couple fights, if memory serves me. Um, he's starting to live up to some of that potential people were talking about. He's 29 now. Um, three straight wins, Brett Johns, Cody Stamen, and Jimmy Rivera. So he's in line for a big fight. Um, who it might be, I'd like to see him fight like somebody like Cody Garbrandt, maybe. Somebody like that. Um, let's look at the bantamweight rankings. Who else is in there? Dominic Cruz. I'm not sure what his status is with all the injuries and everything. Um, Dominic Cruz actually commentated on the show. Let's see. Bantamweight. Who should Aljamain Sterling fight next? Bantamweight. All right. So the champ's obviously Dillashaw, and he might defend against Cejudo next. Who knows? Um, then you got Marlon Moraes, Cody Garbrandt, Asun Sal, Dominic Cruz, and Aljamain Sterling's moved up to, to fifth in the world. So Garbrandt would be good, <laughs> my my first hunch, because I think Moraes should really get the title shot. Uh, he's looked really good, and I think Moraes has a win over Sterling, if memory serves me. 
Let's see. That is correct. Yeah, that, that was Sterling's last loss. So, yeah, let's do uh, Cody Garbrandt and Aljamain Sterling next. Uh, oh, let's see. Manny Bermudez defeated Benito Lopez. On Andrea Lee defeated Ashley Evans-Smith. And Nick Lentz defeated Scott Holtzman. On the early prelims on ESPN+, Plus, Luke Sanders defeated Hedden Burrell by knockout at 101 of the second. Hedden Burrell should retire. I think he's 2-7 and seven in his last nine. Uh, not good. Not good at all. From a guy who was 32-1 and one in February of 2014, 32-1 and one is now 34-8. and eight. <clears throat> Everybody gets old. It's okay. It's okay. I, I don't know if it's old, if he's broken down at 32, if it's USADA-related or what, but Henan Burrow, what a skid he's been on. Um, especially at that age, 32, he shouldn't be doing this bad. He's not that old. Um, and in the opener, Emily Whitmere defeated Alexandra Albu. Fight of the night went to Vicente Luque, Brian Barberina, and performances of the night went to Crone Gracie and Luke Sanders. Uh, that is your UFC, UFC on ESPN one review. We also had two Bellator shows this weekend, one Friday night, February 15th. It was Bellator 215, and one on Saturday night, Bellator 216. Not sure how they managed to match up the dates with the number of the shows, you know, 215 on February 15th and 216 on February 16th, but sometimes weird things like that happen. Some people say it's fate. I think it's coincidence, but... What do I know? The Friday show was main evented with Matt Mitrione going to a no contest with Sergei Heritanov. The fight ended at 15 seconds of the first round when Mitrione just wound up and booted Heritanov in the balls. That's the only way to describe it. They were both standing. He went, it looked like an inside leg kick. He was going for like the inside of the thigh or something. Just booted him in the nuts. Like, like you've never seen. Heritonov went to the ground and could not continue. Uh, I think he said one of his, one of his testicles felt flat. Uh, he went to the doctor. I'm not sure of the status of his balls. It may have caused hemorrhoid issues, according to Mitrione. I'm not sure how all of that is connected. I've never been hit in the balls by a 240-pound man as hard as he can. So I, I can't really comment. It sounds horrible and painful. Heritonov's been in like 60 fights and has fought forever and never uh, experienced anything like that. <coughs> God bless me. Gesundheit. Uh, that, that show didn't have much else in the, in the name of, in the worry, uh, in the way of name value. Excuse me. That sneeze was rough. Uh, Logan Storley defeated Ion Pascu and Eduardo Dantes defeated Toby Misech. Yeah, I don't know either. Then the Saturday night show was the bigger show of the two. Uh, we finally got the Michael Page, Paul Daly fight. It went to unanimous decision, 48-47 on all three cards. This was 
you know, a much hyped fight. These guys supposedly didn't like each other. It was a battle of great strikers from Great Britain. The fight was lousy. They didn't throw much. They were both tentative. Daly ended up going for takedowns. Uh, Page outpointed him, landed a few more shots. Um, Daly's obviously not a wrestler, good on the ground, but he still managed to get it there. Uh, Page will now go on to fight, I think, Douglas Lima, who will probably destroy Page uh, in ways you don't see often at high-level MMA. Mirko Krokop defeated Roy Nelson. Krokop looked, um, what would the word, swole is the word the kids use, I think. Uh, he beat Roy Nelson, who also is a large individual, individual but swole in a different way. Uh, unanimous decision win for Krokop. Czech Congo defeated Vitaly Minikov. Eric Silva lost a fight by unanimous decision. And Valerie Lareda defeated Kobe Fletcher by TKO at 255 of the first. That was Bellator. Not not a lot to write home about on either of those shows. Um, they're not going to be remembered much except for that uh, nut shot by Mitrione on Heritonov. In other news, we do have a interim middleweight title fight coming up. Robert Whitaker is apparently going to be out for a while, like Matt Damon, Dr. Damon, told us. Uh, so we're going to get an interim middleweight fight here with Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum at UFC 236 on April 13th. <clears throat> we still don't have a venue for that fight. Um, I, I saw rumors of Atlanta or maybe New York, but we'll see where it ends up. But... Um, yeah, Adesanya coming off that Silva win and Gastelum not getting the fight against Whitaker because of the hernia, the emergency hernia surgery. Um, we'll get an interim title fight. I guess it depends how long Whitaker's going to be out. Whitaker uh, was doing some complaining about how much UFC fighters get paid publicly. I don't know if that had any impact on this decision or if he's just injured and going to be out longer than they think. But um, Adesanya versus Gaslam's interesting in a way. I mean, if Gaslam can get it to the ground, it won't be a good day for Adesanya. And if Adesanya can keep it standing, it's probably not a good day for Gaslam. So <clears throat> we'll have to see what happens there. Um Trying to see, do we know anything else on the UFC 236 card? Um, let's find out. UFC 236. Must be another title fight or something on there. Because um, that really can't main event a show. And it's in April, so we're talking two months away. Still have a little time. Jeez, there's only been one other fight announced. Boston Salmon versus Khalid Taha in a bantamweight fight. I've never heard of either of those guys. Um, wow. Yeah, they they need to start uh, booking that show. Hmm. There you go. Uh, looks like interim middleweight title fight at UFC 236, bastardizing the titles even more. Um, neither one of, I mean, Whitaker's the real, I, well, you could say 
GSP is still the real middleweight champ since he never lost it, but Whitaker's won enough fights where he's the undisputed champ, and making one of these guys interim champ is kind of kind of silly, but that's the nature of the beast of the UFC nowadays. <clears throat> Another potential fight, um, which according to Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub is a done deal, is Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone. Dana White says that's not true, so I don't know what the story is. Uh, White told TMZ it's not true, not even close, it's not even close to being done, um, but Rogan and Schaub seem to think it's a done deal. I'm going to go with Dana on this one. <laughs> he would probably have a better idea of what's going on than Brendan Schaub. Uh, the bulk of Mark Hunt's lawsuit against the UFC has been thrown out of court or dismissed. Um, he was suing the promotion, UFC President Dana White and Brock Lesnar, for multiple claims related to Lesnar's drug test failure in relation to his fight with Hunt at UFC 200 in 2016. Hunt claimed the parties involved committed racketeering, fraud, battery, and civil conspiracy, and more. Those claims were all dismissed with prejudice Thursday by U.S. District Court Judge Jennifer Dorsey in a filing per court records. The only remaining claim in this lawsuit is Hunt's claim against the UFC of breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. All the claims against White and Lesnar were dismissed. Dorsey referred the lawsuit to a magistrate judge for a mandatory settlement conference. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look like Hunt's going to... Um, make a lot of money off that deal and I mean it's possible he did get screwed he was in there against Brock Lesnar who ended up failing a steroid test did the UFC know he was using something probably not but is it possible yeah who knows in this day and age um they did kind of waive his six month um testing prior to the fight but again he wasn't subject to you saw the guidelines and rules when he fought in the UFC previously generally if you retire from the UFC now <clears throat> you're supposed to get tested for six months before you fight again but Lesnar didn't retire when USADA was working with the UFC so he wasn't held to those standards at the time of Hunt's fight and I think that's what a lot of this came down to if Lesnar had retired under USADA, he would have had to get back in the pool for six months, which is what I think he's currently doing. Um, that was the plan with the Cormier fight, and I, I think he's still been part of the USADA testing pool all this time, even though it looks like that fight talk has really cooled off in the last couple of months. Uh, this weekend, we've got a Bellator show. Let's see. Let's find the date here. February 23rd, which would be... What day of the week is that? I think that's a Saturday. The 23rd is Saturday, yeah. So uh, this show is taking place at the 3 Arena in Dublin. Bublin in Dublin. Uh, the main event is... James Gallagher versus Stephen Graham. The show's going to air on the Paramount Network and The Zone. Uh, we've also got Peter Queeley versus Miles Price, Richie Smolin versus Adam Gustav, and Charlie Ward versus Jamie Stevenson. 
Charlie Ward famous because he had that fight where Conor McGregor jumped into the cage afterwards, gave him a big hug, and shoved the referee. Hopefully we can get a repeat of something like that. Uh, not much name value on this show at all. James Gallagher, they're trying to build up, but he, he had that loss where he got in the guy's face and then got knocked out. Um, so some of that hype train is cooled. That'll be a bantamweight main event. Then we've also got a UFC fight night on the 23rd, going heads up with Bellator. This is at the O2 Arena in Prague, Czech Republic, the home of Pilsner Urkel. In the main event, we've got Jan Blakovich versus Tiago Santos in a light heavyweight fight. Santos is coming off a um, really good fight. He fought um, Jimmy Manoa, where they were just dropping bombs on each other, uh, falling all over the place. He's also got wins over Eric Anders and Kevin Holland in his last three. Then Blakovich is... What's he been up to? He's won four in a row. Devin Clark, Jared Cannonier, Jimmy Manoa, and Nikita Krylov. So both guys on, on good runs at light heavyweight. Uh... Top 10 guys probably right now, considering how thin light heavyweight is. Let's see if Santos is ranked at light heavyweight. He used to fight at middleweight and has moved up recently. Tiago Santos is ranked 6th at light heavyweight, and Blakovich is ranked 4th. Jeez. Um, Anthony Smith is ranked 3, getting a title shot. Then ahead of him is Daniel Cormier and Gustafson. So, I mean... We're at a time where Jan Blakovich and Tiago Santos could be fighting to be the number one contender to fight John Jones. That's where we're at. Unless they do DC Jones, you know Gustafson's not getting another shot. Ustamir's ranked fifth. He's not getting a shot. If either one of these guys has a big win here, like by knockout or something, they're certainly in the mix. I mean, if Anthony Smith can get a title shot, one of these guys can, I guess. That's crazy. Jan Blakovich versus John Jones or Tiago Santos versus John Jones. That is a sad state of affairs. No offense to either guy. They both uh, beat the crap out of me, and they've won combined seven straight fights. They're not terrible fighters, but God, what what a mismatch that would be. Either one of them against Jones. That is disturbing to think about uh long odds i bet if you like to gamble you could uh put some money down on either one of those guys uh at heavyweight we've got stefan struve back again i think he's off three straight losses against a guy named marcos rogerio de lima i was reading a little bit about de lima earlier today he actually has eight fights in the ufc believe it or not he's one of those guys that's been around a long time and you wouldn't even know it. Um, he's fought on a lot of Brazil shows. He fought in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Just more obscure shows that you wouldn't really know. So uh, he's fighting in Prague in the Coleman event, another show that a lot of people wouldn't know about. Uh, by the way, this show is, where's this airing? ESPN Plus. This whole show is... The whole main card is on ESPN Plus, and the prelims are on ESPN2, which I think is a first. I don't think they've aired anything on ESPN2 yet. Uh, we've also got Jean Vellante versus Mikel Olek 
Kuzik, Liz Carmouche versus Lucy Pudilova, John Dodson versus Peter Yan, and that should actually be a decent fight. the The Peter Yan fight should be good. Yan's um, developing a bit of a name. He's only twenty six. He's from Russia, um, kind of an up and coming guy. He's eleven and one overall, three and zero in the UFC with two knockouts. Um, he's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty good. Um, and jo- John Johnson's one of the better bantamweight fighters in the world. Has been ranked in the top 10 for years at 125 and 135. So it- it'll be a good test. Definitely an interesting fight um, at 135. Then not a lot of name value on on the prelims. Uh, Michelle Prezeris, one of... Uh, my more underrated, funnier fighters. He's five six, fighting at 170 pounds. Is has to be the shortest welterweight in the world. He was having trouble making 155, and is an unheralded, unheralded 26 and two. He's 10 and two in the UFC and has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights in a row. He's 5'6", 170 pounds, and has won eight fights in a row in the UFC. And no one's ever heard of him. Uh, and he's old. I think He's 37. Um, and he's fighting on, I think, the prelims on ESPN2, third from the bottom. Um, he's fighting a guy named Ishmael Nurdiev. Guy gets no press. Um I know the missing weight at 155. He missed weight a bunch. He missed weight. Let's see. How many times has Prezeris missed weight? Uh, three times. 158, 159, and 161. So he moved back up to welterweight. He still wants to fight at 155. But the UFC has not let him try and make that cut again. So um, those are... Basically, the big names on these shows, pretty minor shows that aren't going to get a lot of play or press, um, but that is what it is in the world of MMA. That can happen. A uh, couple news stories caught my eye. Number one, yesterday apparently was the 20th anniversary of the film Office Space, which is a classic movie from, uh, it was 20 years ago, what would I have been? I was a teenager, barely then. Again, this is Matt's middle-aged MMA news. I am 39 now, so yeah, I would have been 19 when that movie came out. Directed, written, and produced by Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead. Um, More recently, Silicon Valley. Uh, I think he had... He had some cartoon on Fox, too. I forget which one was his... Um, I never really got into that. Not Family Guy. Uh, can't remember. But um, hilarious movie. Jennifer Aniston's in it. Um, she plays like a minor role, but it's about this guy who has this office job, works at it in a cubicle, hates it. Um, and there's just a lot of funny, dry humor in it. The Bobs. Just a classic movie. If you've not seen that movie, go out of your way to see it. It's like an hour and a half. It's an easy watch. Um, 
They play a lot of Ghetto Boys in it. Good movie. Check it out. PC Low Letter. What the F does that mean? No one knows. Um, in a couple stories that caught my eye, myself being a dad with uh, two kids, 10 and 5, uh, these two stories really jumped out at me. One headline in the New York Post reads, Dad spitting gun on fig- finger accidentally shoots himself at daughter's birthday. Sounds like a fun time. Texas dad accidentally shot himself Saturday while spinning a gun on his finger at his daughter's 16th birthday party. The Houston area man who was not identified was being treated at a local hospital for a gunshot wound to his stomach. His condition was not released and a spokesperson from the Harris County Sheriff's Office was not immediately available for comment. Uh, got a lot of thoughts on this one. First of all, like maybe I'm uptight. I'm from liberal Massachusetts. I'm not a gun owner. Um, don't like the idea of a gun in the house. But if I did, I don't know that I would whip it out, the gun, at my daughter's birthday party with a bunch of friends, neighbors, possibly people I don't know that well around. I also probably wouldn't have it loaded Like, I can understand if he shot himself on purpose. Like, kids' birthday parties are not fun. It's a lot of work. There's kids running around. They're spilling stuff. They need another drink. It's time to do the cake. The cake's everywhere. You don't have enough plates. Blow out the candles. The candles are going out. There's just a lot going on. Did you get a pinata? You got to put the stuff in the pinata. What are you going to do for food? Are you going to grill? What's the weather like? Oh, it's raining. Oh, I got burgers. Still going to grill them. <clears throat> like, I, I can see someone considering shooting themselves in that situation. I haven't taken it to that level. But kids' birthday parties, they can be a little much. They can uh, really send you over the edge. This guy apparently did it by accident in front of people. Like, if I was going to shoot myself at my kid's birthday party, I'd do it in the other room. Uh, I wouldn't do it in front of everyone. Or by accident. It would be on purpose, and I I could understand that. Accidentally doing it, don't get it. I don't understand. I think there's more to this story. I think this guy, you know, forgot to bring the tail for the donkey. And they couldn't pin the tail. And he was upset. He blew it. And he shot himself on purpose. This was no accident. In other parenting news, a Toledo mom left her kids at home, then set fire to a Burger King dumpster. An Ohio mother was arrested after she allegedly left her two kids at home alone, drove to a local Burger King, set the restaurant's dumpster on fire. Lashana Tucker, 26, left her home in Toledo while her children ages 4 and 6 were sleeping. She allegedly went to the burger chain to demand money from her kid's father and employee at the restaurant. Clearly this woman is not well. 4 and 6 is very young to leave your kids home alone. Um, They're asleep, they wake up. They're going to be not happy when there's no parents in the house and do things in the house they shouldn't. That's just going to happen. But the more concerning thing is she's going 
to her baby daddy's place of employment to get money. But he works at Burger King. I doubt he's going to have a lot of cash on him. Just, just a hunch. You know, Burger King probably doesn't pay that well. They're not getting tipped. Like, is he going to have a lot of cash on him? I doubt it. Next time, maybe just call the Burger King. Get in touch with them that way. You know, don't just leave your kids. Up. Bring the kids. Get some sympathy from his coworkers. Maybe they'll say, hey, you know, you should throw her a few bucks. You know, at least let's buy him lunch. Let's buy her and the kids lunch. Said she just shows up crazy asking for money. When, you know, he probably doesn't have a lot of cash on him. He's working at Burger King. It just who knows when the paycheck comes and when the paycheck does come. It's not a it's not a big check. It just isn't. Let's be real. Police say Tucker attempted to enter the kitchen but was told to leave. In response, she set fire to a dumpster in the restaurant's parking lot. Tucker was arrested Monday and charged with criminal trespass, arson, and child endangerment. Quite the triad there. Criminal trespass, arson, and child endangerment. She'll be arraigned Tuesday in Toledo Municipal Court. I don't understand how lighting the dumpster on fire helps anything. Doesn't get you money, doesn't get you food, um, doesn't really hurt the, the father of the kids. Just baffled. Was there alcohol or drugs involved? I'm guessing yes. This doesn't seem like rational behavior from a rational adult woman. Um, I'm guessing the kids are probably in some sort of protective custody now. Um, I'm not sure how the dumpster is looking. I've been involved in a few literal dumpster fires in my life. And a lot of times the cover burns got to get a whole new dumpster because they can't just replace the lid. So it's a big deal. Probably that Burger King is at their wit's end. Trying to figure out where they're going to put their trash now. Because this lady wants some money from her husband. Next time, just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, Lashana. Bring your kids. Don't leave them at home. Get it together. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you need the money. I can appreciate that. We all have bills to pay. But you can't be lighting dumpsters on fire and abandoning your kids to get it. <sighs> on that note, thank you for listening to Matt's Middle-Aged MMA Show, Mixed Martial Arts Show. I can't even get the name of my own show right. I can hear the kids in the kitchen right now probably making slime. I'm guessing they didn't put their breakfast plates away. I still got to go to the dump. I got to go to the supermarket and get jacks. Lots to do today. Next week's show, there will be no interference. I did have to stop the show at one point. Big reveal here because my son walked into the room and started yelling at me. So next week's show is going to be better. There's going to be less mumbling, less uhs and ums. I'm going to be more focused. Um, I'm feeling a hair a hair bit stuffy at the moment, sneezing. Also got the puggle next to me rolling around. Probably her fur's coming off and I'm inhaling it. 
So anywho, thank you for listening to the show. Um, there is an Instagram account, MMA, MMA show. There's a Twitter account, MMA, MMA, MMA show one. Uh, you can listen to the show on anchor and all your listening platforms. You can subscribe on iTunes, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. So thank you for listening. I promise next week will be better. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.